All right, welcome to the podcast. I am still sober. I'm still a heathen. I'm still the sober heathen. I'm Scott. And thanks for listening. Uh, man, I uh, I just recorded for about 35 minutes and I said, fuck that shit. And deleted that mother trucker. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes I got to get on here and I got to look myself in the face and I got to go on this little wanny wanny boo boo uh, and, and bitch to myself. And then I get to a point and I'm like, um, okay. All right. That's enough of that shit. So that's happened a couple times. So we don't need all that. I need to be honest and I need to document my recovery. That's the point of this podcast. Unless I have a guest on, then the point is to um, just spread the message of recovery. So here I am. Um, you know, it's not uh, it's not a 3 a.m. podcast. It's not even quite 11 o'clock yet. Um, you know, this uh, this weekend sucked and it was all my fault. This weekend sucked because I got in my own head. Um, I created scenarios in my head uh, to make the situation worse and and to doubt myself and to doubt uh, the, the 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 very amazing person that I was spending time with. Um, and just to create a, a stink that wasn't there. Um, and all it did was, was getting my feelings hurt and their feelings hurt. And, you know, looking at it, I was like, what the fuck was the point? You know, you, you care about this person deeply and everything that was in my head was completely fabricated by my own fat head. So fuck this disease straight up its ass with no lube. I'm fucking sick of it. I am so sick of the mental bullshit that addiction brings that I wish it was a person so I could go beat its ass. I have a sword hanging on the wall. I have a sword in the corner. I have a big ax over here. Please present yourself in some physical form so that I can destroy you. Please. Fuck Frodo carrying this shit, this ring and throw it into the fire. I want to get my hands dirty. Another good person died today because of fucking alcohol. Now it wasn't today. It was this week they passed. It was, it was soon. It was today or yesterday. It had to have happened. Uh, really awesome dude. Um, a guy that I spent time in treatment with last year on two different occasions. Cause I got to go back twice. He actually left once and then came back as well. Um, and then we, we uh, kept in contact for quite a while after um, my second stay um, all the way up to like December last year was our last message. And I feel bad looking at it, man. It's been three months. I, I sent him a message not too long ago, asking him how he's doing. And uh, he never looked at it according to Facebook messenger. Um, but probably cause he had some stuff going on. I know that he was struggling, you know, um, relationships can be a motherfucker, uh, in general, but when you're an addict or alcoholic, um, those things can be even worse. Uh, every little thing can fuck you up. Just like I was talking about, you know, I fucked myself up in my head for no goddamn reason. So when you have an actual like back and forth or an actual like negative things, arguments and things like that going on between two people that love each other, um, that's even 10 times worse. And I didn't even have that. And I was all kinds of fucked up. So this poor dude, you know, uh, you can just see the support pouring out from family and friends on his Facebook page. You know, clearly this dude has touched a lot of people. Uh, he would ride his bike to meetings. Um, he would join me and my um, ex-sponsor on, on meetings for for um, 
for weeks after he was already gone. It was awesome. It was good to see him every single time. And now the dude's gone. <clears throat> you know, I can't I can't sit here and, and tell everybody's story, but this dude had a medical problem that was directly affected by alcohol, whether it was created by it or not. It was directly affected by his alcohol consumption. He was on a donor list for an organ that is directly related to alcohol, and he couldn't get on it because he had to have a certain amount of sobriety time. And every time that you relapse, that time starts over, which means that you you go back farther on the list. And for those people, like the person on Twitter who said to me that it's just a choice, that weed and tequila were his gods, and it's just as simple as making a fucking choice to quit doing it, uh, fuck you, dude. Fuck right off. And I did not tell you that on Twitter. I just retweeted it and said, holy shit, we found the answer, guys. We found the answer that this douchebag says all you have to do in order to get better or not be an alcoholic addict is just say no. Just say no. That's that. That's the that's the answer. And then I hear from uh, uh, somebody today that uh, they were at lunch and and a coworker was making comments about like well, they they should just stop if it's a problem. Get fucked. Look, I'm not normally like this, but this is what happens when we have the attitude of, well, they should just stop. Well they're just a bad person because they drink alcohol or they do drugs or they just don't want to get better. When we have these kind of fucking attitudes, this is the shit that happens. People start beating themselves up more because it's like, well, why can't I stop? Because then you'll have, you'll have the real super fucking genius people that are like, Oh yeah, I used to be a real bad drinker and I just quit on my own. I didn't go to AA. I didn't talk to a counselor. I didn't do anything. I just quit on my own. Well, fucking great. Clearly you weren't an alcoholic. And I'm not saying that some people weren't actually an alcoholic. It's not for me to diagnose. I'm just saying I know what it's like to not have a fucking choice. It got to a point where I didn't have a fucking choice. I would wake up. I would make the firm decision in a moment of puking till snot's running out of my nose, till nothing else is coming out. It's just dry heave, dry heave, dry heave. You're almost shitting yourself. You want to fucking die. You're looking at the clock and it's just, you know, it's just barely moving and all you want to do is you want to fucking sleep you want to stop sweating you want to stop dry heaving you want to stop the shakes the aches the, the 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 nausea you want it all to stop and you swear off alcohol and you fucking mean it and then four hours later the moment you feel this much better all you want to do is get another bottle i know what that feels like and that's not a choice because even after I said I was done, I would find myself without even realizing what the fuck is going on. I would find myself with a bottle in hand and already drinking, sitting there. What the fuck did I do? Don't believe me. The dude, everybody thinks that AA is, is the, the, the save all. And it does. I love it. I love AA. Even being a heathen my, and, and most people talking about God and Jesus in there. I love AA. The creator, Bill W., talks about how he found himself in a bar, pounding on the bar. My God, how did I end up here again? Because you just it just fucking happens. And then you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I already got the bottle. I'm not dumping it out. That's a waste. Glug, 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 glug. And you keep fucking going. 
it's a choice in the beginning. I used to be able to choose to make my schedule when I, when I was working part-time, you know, in my early twenties, I was working full-time, but it was mostly part-time because I'd make my own schedule. But anyway, I would schedule it for the great bar nights. And those other nights, you know, for the first year or two, sometimes I'd go out and drink. I'd get talked into it because maybe there was an attractive female um, participating or my buddies just said, hey, man, come on. No, 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 I can't. Come on, dude. Don't be a pussy. All right, fine. And then I'd go, you know, really compelling arguments that they would make. There were times that I would do that and I would wake up and go to work and feel like absolute dog shit. But if it was something um, special, more often than not, I would make it to my obligations or choose not to drink. Let's just stay back and and play video games or something. But very quickly, um, it started to affect everything. And, you know, um, when I was married and I had kids, you know, I was going to quit. I'm done. I'm done drinking when I have kids. And then I find myself stopping at the party store. Um, on the way home every night, you know, there were, there were times when I would have this, it would be like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. And have this argument and this fight in my head. And I pull in the driveway and I'm like, thank God. Okay. I'm actually going to be able to sleep tonight. I'm not going to have to worry about hiding alcohol. I'm here. Thank God. And then I get in and then uh, my uh, ex-wife would be like, we're out of this. Or, Hey, I feel like this do you want to get this? Or, Hey, could you go grab this? Or, Oh crap. I forgot to put gas in the vehicle. Would you mind getting me some, uh, some gas in my vehicle? And then out I go. And then it was done. Fuck it. I'm already out here. I'll go ahead and get it. If this dude that just passed had a choice, if it was as easy as a fucking choice of just saying, no, just saying, no, can't. if it was that simple, dude still be alive because the dude went to treatment to get help. He left because uh, someone close to him was going through some medical issues. And then he came back. He didn't have to come back. He came back. This dude was fighting. He was fighting. He didn't win the war. God damn it. But he was fighting. And if it was a choice, because he knew. He sent me a message last December asking me if I know anybody that would know a specialist having to do with the transplant. And I don't know anybody like that, but I told him that I'd look into it and then I ended up going to jail for a month. And then I never got to talk to the dude again. He was scared. He wanted to live. If it was a fucking choice, he would have stopped. He could have stopped. So don't, don't, don't come at me with that bullshit. Well, you should just stop. You know what? Your, your dick's 10 foot long. I get it. You can do fucking anything. You're Superman. I, I bet you you're a miserable cocksucker every day of your life. You get home and you hate your life, but you can do anything. Okay. Maybe a little inappropriate. I don't fucking care. I'm done playing games with this disease, dude. I'm done. I'm sick and tired. I have seen now in less than a, I haven't even been out of treatment a year. And I know four people that have passed and three of those people were super good dudes. Another dude just didn't want to stop, um, but he still left a wife and, and two daughters and however many other people that were close to him behind. Three fantastic people are gone. People that went to treatment. They weren't 
Well, I don't know if the one dude was was there on his own, but I know the other three were were in treatment to get better because they wanted to live. But the disease it, it, it overtook them. The choice was gone, and they lost. And that's exactly what's going to happen to me if I pick up alcohol again. I was buying, and I've said it before in my podcast, I was buying a half gallon and two pints or some variation of a half gallon, two half pints and a pint, or some variation of that. It was a half gallon and whatever else I decided that I needed to get. And I would take that motherfucker and clink against my teeth. Thank God it was a plastic bottle and choke that bitch down and swallow, 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 praying that I did not puke because I didn't want to waste it. And I wanted to feel better because my hands are going like this. And I couldn't feel normal without alcohol. I pick up again. That's where it's going to end up. And I'm I'm a goner. And I hope to God somebody doesn't have to watch this one day and be like, dude, you're saying it. You fucking knew. You fucking knew. I, I, I hope that's not the case. How can you say that you hope? Well, because I I can't guarantee anybody that I'm not going to pick up tomorrow. I can tell you that I got 54 minutes left in this day. So signs are looking pretty fucking good. The store's closed. They wouldn't sell to me anyway. I don't have a license, so I can't get there anyway. So when my head gets all fucked, there's a lot of obstacles for me to get through and up and over and under and around for me to get alcohol. So that's a good thing right now. Because just like my counselor keeps telling me, the first year's fucked. And he's not the first one to tell me that. Everybody in treatment told, treatment told me that. The two sponsors that I've had have told me that. Everybody in AA tells you that the first year is the hardest. You feel so much better when you're sober. You feel anger better. You feel sadness better. You feel depression better. You feel anxiety better. Those are things that you got to learn to deal with. And I dealt with all those feelings and all those things with alcohol for many fucking years. Very heavily heavily medicated with alcohol and now i'm trying to figure out how to do it on my own so i find myself blowing up to a 98 year old woman that all she did was raise me and continues to put a roof over my head because i'm I'm starting over again because of alcohol and I, i bite her head off and then i go and i spend a weekend with somebody that i care so much about and i get in my own head and i and i i i make it uh very uncomfortable and you know, I present, you know, um, an atmosphere of there's something wrong or I don't want something, you know? And so, so I go away feeling like crap. They walk away feeling like crap. And that wasn't my intent. I'm still working on vocalizing things. I'm, I'm, I fear, I fear rejection. And, and certain areas, um, in most areas. That's why I have a hard time, you know, asking asking for help. Um, you know, and I have very rarely gotten told no. And then it's like, you know, the times are like, oh, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this person and they're probably going to say no. And that's okay. I understand why they're saying no. And I'm all prepared for a no. And I get a yes. And I'm like, oh. Most of it is in my motherfucking head. Most of it in most, and I can't speak for other, from what I've heard from other people who struggle with addiction, it's the same thing. Mountains out of molehills. Um, 
Yeah, I just... I want to do something to stop this disease for winning so many battles and taking so many lives, so many casualties in this war. It's... Look... I'm going to say something, and it's going to be controversial, but luckily I don't have thousands or millions of viewers, so I'll pro- I'm will i going to get away with it without offending too many people, because most people who listen know how I feel anyway. Um, we can't pray this stuff away, because if we could pray this stuff away, it wouldn't exist. The same with other diseases like cancer and and um, you know, tumors and, and and maybe those are the same thing, but you get what I'm saying. Um, it's going to take work. It's going to take prayer. Sure. It's going to take prayer, meditation, whatever you'd like to call it. It's going to take contact with a power greater than yourself, whatever you want to choose to call that. My higher power right now is going out and sitting by myself for a half an hour to an hour around a fire looking up at the beautiful stars, absorbing some nature, and talking to the, the to the gods that I believe in. And tonight it was talking to my 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 friend from treatment who just passed away. But it's going to take action. That action is going to be education. That action is going to have to be people being brave to tell their story. And it's not for everybody to get on a, a podcast and share their story. I I, I totally get that. Um, but tell it to somebody that you feel comfortable with telling, because maybe then they can take that and share it with somebody else and say, look, I know this person, this is what they went through. I can't tell you who they are. Uh, they asked me not to tell tell who they are, but this is what they went through. This is what they did. And this is what they're like. Now you can, you know, do the, the telephone, tell your story. If you are winning this battle, recover out loud. That's the only way we're going to save lives. And I can I can put what little money I have on that if you are in long-term recovery or what I how I it was referenced long-term sustained recovery if you are in that right now I bet you somebody helped you. They took what they had and gave it a little bit to you so that you could get to where you're at right now. So fucking repay the favor. I don't give a fuck if, you know, I look at the views on YouTube and, you know, uh, oh, I got 50 views. Oh, that's cool. Well, I'm hoping that when it's 50 views or the one video that's got 250 some odd views, I hope that just one of those views does something for somebody. I, I want my fellow people in addiction to listen to the podcast and, and give me feedback on what they think that I said is good and, and what I could change and give me different angles of what they've been through. But I really want the people that don't suffer from the addiction to get it because they're the ones that need to learn to not to learn. That sounds like I'm talking down to them. That's not what I meant. They're the ones that need to understand where, what we're going through, what the thought process is and how hard it is and how to, to know that this is not just a choice especially when you're in full-blown addiction. Because if we can get those people on board and to understand, then we can 
to maybe make our circle a little bigger, maybe make our, our army a little bit bigger. <clears throat> Not to just throw people to the side. Look, you're going to burn enough bridges where people are going to tell you to go away. I was told to move out twice with the person that I love with all my heart. She told me to move out twice. She had to do it. It wasn't like she was throwing me in the gutter. But they have to set boundaries and do things for themselves. I get that. But she never told me to fuck off. She never told me that you're a piece of shit. She never told me that, you know, you're you're never going to beat this. She had to look at it and say, okay, he might not ever beat this. It might get even worse. He could die. I have my family that I have to worry about. I can't have this around there. And I'm sorry, but you have to go. That's not hateful. You know, that's that's setting boundaries and that's looking out for yourself. Just like in addiction, we have to look out for ourselves. If we're in a relationship where it's not um, giving us uh, an atmosphere of hope and some peace, at least at times, we might have to be the ones to set the boundaries with with non-addicts or alcoholics and say, you know what? My recovery is too important. I'm going to die if I don't beat this, and I can't do this here right now. And you don't have to be an asshole about it. I mean, I'm going to be quite frank with you. Right now, the where I'm at mentally <laughs> in these past few days, I want to be an asshole. So in this training that I took last weekend, <clears throat> there was a scenario where you were in an ER, you're a recovery coach, you're in an ER, and this nurse starts talking to the other uh, faculty and says, hey, you know, these people are never going to recover. They're never going to change. They're never going to get over it. Uh, you know, and just going off, you know, and my first thought was, well, I'd go over and say, hey, look, you know, I'm in recovery. I can change. You know, I'm I'm changing. That's why I'm here. You know, there's always hope. And. I don't know if I said this story already. I'm so sorry if I did. I know I said it in the last podcast that I deleted. But the point is, I learned something. Don't go in the fire while it's red hot. You got to let it cool down before you go in searching uh, searching the uh, the remains. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was a bad analogy. I, I really stumbled through it. But that fire is red hot. This person is clearly upset about something you don't know what those reasons are so let that go about your business go talk to the um, person in charge and say hey and let them handle it um, that's a better way to do it uh, and that was really uh, eye-opening for me uh, on that because I can't just jump in you know that dude that tweeted the thing about you know it's just a choice um if I would have went much farther uh, with that, I'm just feeding into an asshole as it is. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm giving, giving them ammunition uh, to be the cocksucker that they are. So, so we, we, in any war, you pick your battles, right? So we got to pick our battles. We got to talk to those who will listen and we have to be willing to talk to those people when they're ready to listen. Um. You know, I was at that training and, you know, I was, I was so tired and it wasn't from a lack of sleep. I just, I, I didn't have energy. I, 
I was zoning out and I just, you know, even one time, one of the ladies that were there, there was like, Scott, look up. And I wasn't sleeping. I was just kind of staring, you know, I was like, please let this day be over. I just mentally drained. And, um, I had, I took that like, okay, so now I'm presenting these, these things that I'm feeling and people are seeing it. And I had to take that and I had, I had to say, this is the time. This is something, this is a certification that's going to benefit you in the future. You have to do this right now. And so when we get the opportunity for those of us that are in recovery or trying to recover out loud, we have to take the opportunities when they present themselves to say, Hey, Can I tell you my story? Can I tell you a little bit about what I've been through? I know you're having a hard time with this because so-and-so is struggling, but this is what happened to me. This is how I can relate to them. And this is how people that were close to me um, reacted to me when I was doing these things. We've got to do something because this isn't working, man. Too many people. Too many and it's not just the people that are dying, man. It's their families. It's their brothers, their sisters, their moms, their dads, their children, their nephews, their nieces, their, you know, people that are close to them, their best friends that are suffering. One person, you know, touches how many people's lives. Um, I just. I don't know what the answer is because I'm still working on my recovery and I'm not expected to have the answer because they've been trying to find the answer, uh, you know, with AA um, has got the closest thing to an answer. And that, that that's uh, coming up on a hundred years ago. It's about 90 years right now, give or take. So this answer isn't going to be around the corner. A pill to take is not around the corner. A shot to get is not around the corner. Um, some, sometimes the shot, um, of course, I'm going to a Vivitrol shot. Sometimes that has helped people. Um, I'm not a medical person, um, but I know what I was told when I was told about it, that it would be too dangerous for me to take it because when you drink on Vivitrol, you don't, you, you don't feel drunk when you're actually drunk. It kind of numbs the receptors. So you don't really feel the drunk that you get or the high, if you want to call it that. Uh, so with the amount that I would drink, I would, way overcompensate and so they told me no that they wouldn't give me that shot that was actually at the treatment center so anyway um you know i i i feel much better after staring at myself for the second time doing a second run at this podcast i feel so much better i feel accomplished um it's like writing in a journal and that's that's the way I'm treating this. I'm too lazy to write. I did so much writing in jail and in treatment. You know, I went through so many pens in treatment um, and so many pads of paper, you know, but it was so therapeutic for me. And uh, this has taken that place. Um, they told me to journal um, in, in my first year, especially. And motherfuckers, it's almost as if they know what they're talking about at Harbor Hall. It's almost like they know everything. Um, every bullshit that can be spewed and techniques that work more often than not. That's crazy. That's like, they, it's like they're, it's like they're educated and in, in addiction or something. Um, 
So I'm not perfect. I'm not going to be perfect ever. I'm just trying to be better than I used to be. And to do that, just putting the bottles down is going to help. But I can still be a dickhead. I can still be an asshole. I can still isolate. But if you're listening to this and you're struggling and you got less time than I do, I mean, I'm, I feel you. It ain't easy, but I don't want to go back to drinking. I don't want to go back to coming to instead of waking up. I don't want to go back to passing out instead of going to sleep. And uh, I wrote this quote down when I was in jail. Uh, Confucius, better to be a diamond with a flaw than to be a perfect pebble. So... I just want to be a diamond, man. I want to have a little shine to me. And it'll come. I know it will come. I'm very blessed with, with my circle of people. And uh, I'm very blessed to, to be able to do a podcast that more than a couple people keep... That more than a couple people listen to. Um, you know, I have... I, I, I told somebody on Twitter today that, you know, I've never met you. You're... A, Twitter person, your Twitter friend, I guess, if you want to call it that, but I've never met you in real life. And here you are, you know, checking in, you know, I tweeted something that wasn't like my normal tweets and they're like, I just want to check in, make sure that everything's okay. And, you know, this person, she's in recovery, her husband's in recovery, you know, so they, they bond off each other and, and she's on Twitter and, you know, constantly posting positive recovery things. And, but she's like, you know, yeah, that's a motherfucker, you know, and she's got far more sobriety than I do. Um, it's a bitch, but life's a bitch. So there is something to be said, you know, suck it up, buttercup at times. I understand that, but we also have to be realistic, um, that that doesn't work in every scenario. Um, so whenever the hand of AA or an alcoholic or addict reaches out, if you have some recovery and you have been given gifts when that hand reaches out, let's grab that fucking hand and hold it tight and give them what we can without expending ourselves or stretching ourselves too thin. We owe it to these people. Another dude died, man. Another person is gone. There are no redos. There are no, I'll recover tomorrow. There's no more. I'm going to go back to treatment. There's no more. I'm going to call my sponsor. Those options for this dude, for Jimmy, those options are gone. This isn't a game. Let's fight this shit, man. Fuck this disease. The only way we can do that I'm not afraid to tell my story. I'm not afraid to make myself look like nothing but a raging drunk. Cause I was point blank. So it sounds like I'm trying to, trying to do something. I, I am trying to fucking do something. I am trying to be a voice. I am trying to recover out loud. So that's why I do ask to like and comment um, and follow 
and you know listen on spotify and rate me on apple podcast and and do all these things so that the podcast pops up more i hope people get on here and try to argue with me um, that it is a choice because i'd like to hear what they have to say because maybe people that aren't addicts do have some good information because i can tell you what that there are a bunch of alcoholic addicts who have some really good things to contribute to the normies out there so why can't the normies contribute to us it needs to be a fucking discussion. We need to connect. Connection is the opposite of addiction. I believe that with all my heart. So even if our connections are a little bit, you know, we got flowing currents kind of bumping into each other. Hopefully we can take that and then find a way around, just like roots of a tree, find them their way around certain things. So I'm going to stop blabbing. Thank you for listening. Please do like, um, please do fo- give a follow. Um, Please try to listen on, uh, take a watch on Rumble. Uh, You can watch on Rumble. You can watch on YouTube. And then you can listen on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. You can listen on Amazon Music. Um, There's podcasts everywhere. So like and share, send a link. See if we can get some more people to listen. Uh, Always looking for guests. Um, I have uh, another guest um, that, that gave me a week, kind of like a time frame. Uh, of when she can be on uh, i think she's going to be awesome she's working in the field she's in recovery herself um, i really hope that it happens i'm going to reach out to her tomorrow and try to set down a date uh, I, I think it would be a huge podcast i think um you know i i asked her for some information to help out somebody not, that i know that was struggling and she gave me the information in about three minutes so um I, i'm really looking forward to having her on i hope it happens so fingers crossed So anyway, stay sober, my friends. Have a great night. Um, You are loved no matter who you are. If you're listening to this and you're down and you feel like nobody loves you, I fucking love you. You you deserve it. And uh, just keep fighting the good fight. All right. Good night, everybody.